the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's always a pleasure to catch up with Matt Mayer of Opportunity Ohio. Follow him on Twitter at Ohio Matt, and his site is OpportunityOhio.org. I couldn't wait to talk to you today because your experience working in Homeland Security, and I don't know who, which side I'm on here in the Kevin McCarthy thing. What's your long view as you watch all this as they get ready to convene and are convening right at this very minute that we're talking? Look, I think Kevin McCarthy made a huge optical error by having Frank Luntz show up at the Capitol on the first day of voting. I mean, Frank is not liked by most conservatives. They see him as a squish at best. He works with Democrats. He has lots of lobbying clients that go against the Republican Party and conservatives. So, you know, the fact that Kevin McCarthy is his roommate is already troubling enough for people, given how close that is to the lobbyist taint, right, in Frank's moderate to, to left views. But having him show up was just a bad signal to send to those backbenchers who you already had a sense going into the first vote that they were unhappy with some of the deals that Kevin refused to cut. So I think it set the stage for what we're now looking at, which is, you know, a third day of voting to see if anybody can get to 218. Yeah, well, McCarthy obviously is uh, trying to build a bridge to uh, Lauren Boebert, Matt Gate, Chip Roy, some of the others. One of the things he supposedly has done is that he has lowered the threshold for people to uh, basically call for a vote on whether he can stay speaker or not from five to one. Uh, I keep hearing how it's a tenuous hold that he has on the speakership if he gets it. Uh, That seems to me to make what everyone says is a hard job even harder. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine giving – because essentially what that does is give – Everybody, everybody is sitting in the house, power to essentially call a vote for the new speaker, like mm-hmm. every day if they want to, yeah. right? So it, it could create real turmoil. But look, I understand the idea, given how thin the majority is, that that you know there should be some threshold by which people can say, you know, we've lost essentially a vote of confidence is what we're really talking about in the parliamentary system, right? And and so yeah, so that's what he appears to have agreed to. Um, I'm still not sure it gets him over the line. You know, some of the reaction by. Kevin and his lieutenants to threaten the 20 to, to kind of some of the language out of Dan Crenshaw, frankly, has been surprising to refer to the 20 as terrorists, uh, as enemies of the state. I, I find that deeply troubling from Dan Crenshaw. Dan's a great patriot, and I can't imagine why he thought that kind of rhetoric used against his fellow Republicans was going to be helpful to the situation. Yeah, that's kind of a leftist tactic is label, you know, they do it homophobe, uh, transphobe, Islamophobe. That's the left's game, and it is troubling to see uh, someone on the right play that game. Did you see the Lauren Boebert interview last night with Sean Hannity? And by the way, our guest is Matt Mayer of OpportunityOhio.org. I don't typically watch Hannity, but I happen to have it on right after Tucker, and I just wondered if you saw the interview, and if so, if you had a reaction to it. Yeah, I've seen clips of it because it's, you know, it, was, it was on Twitter, but look, I, I do what I can to avoid Sean Hannity. I mean, he just, his whininess, his talking over guests, you know, I find him to be kind of somewhat of a fraud. I mean, he says one thing on air, but, you know, you know when he gets in front of the J6 committee, he suddenly thinks there was no fraud whatsoever. And so he, he's the kind of, 
to me New York personality smarmy that I just I don't I don't listen to people like that and and even in their own quote on our side of the fence I it just I got better things to do with my time but yeah I, I saw parts of the clip and you know I think they 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 both gave each other quite a bit of of smack and uh, that that's to be expected you know but, but, but Lauren Barber doesn't take anything from anybody and neither does a Hannity because it's his show yeah yeah I just uh, I thought it was kind of serendipitous in that he interrupts every single guest he has. And she kept interrupting him, so she got even for all of them. But I do, I do feel like he asked, you know, some decent questions that she wouldn't answer, and that's why it's hard for me to pick a dog in this fight. I'm sp- suspicious of McCarthy. I do think that we need to get some of the things that the uh, uber conservative House members are asking for, which is, hey, we shouldn't be enacting a four thousand page omnibus spending bill that we haven't read. And I like some of that. Uh, in fact, I like a lot of that. So we'll see how it plays out, and uh, ironically well, or well, not. Bruce, maybe you should adopt, you know, former former Ohio Governor John Kasich's idea, which is for Democrats and Republicans in the middle to come together for a candidate, to have a coalition candidate to get stuff done. Now, of course, what, you know, the moron John Kasich forgets is that, <laughs> you know, the left isn't about moderation. I mean, there isn't like there's 216 Democrats in Congress who are moderates. I mean, they are all kind of on that progressive left schedule now, and they have no interest in moderation. So, you know, what he's just doing, right, is continue to kind of try to pretend he's actually relevant when he's not. But you could take his idea if you'd want. Uh, I would rather not take any idea of John Kasich's ever, uh, because I think he's uh, he's the problem in the Republican Party, and you bring him up, and it's interesting because uh, there are a lot of rumors out there that he had something to do with the backstabbing that kept an authentic conservative, Derek Marin, from, Marin, from being the Ohio Speaker of the House. Uh, we now have Jason Stevens, who I'm highly suspicious of, because I think he's going to, and why wouldn't he? He's got all 32 Democrats supporting him. He's going to give uh, Democrats what uh, they want in legislative maps. He's not going to enact the conservative items that I thought were certain to be enacted with Derek Marin, like the Protect Women's Sports Act. Uh, like the backpack bill, uh, your thoughts uh, on the Ohio speaker's race and what happened there with we now having a, us now having a speaker who has more Democrats supporting him than Republicans? Yeah, look, I mean, th- th- this is precisely why, despite having Republican supermajorities for a decade or more in Republican governors, Ohio is at the back of the pack in virtually every category, right? Our job growth is, is, is the bottom 10. Our population growth is horrific. We, we, we don't lead in anything because despite having the ability to get things done because we get supermajorities and we have alleged conservative governors, we never get anything important done. And so Ohio and Ohioans and their businesses right, are mired, mired in, the, in the middle of the stuff. And so we now have a situation where the guy who didn't become speaker got more Republican votes than the guy who did become speaker. Well, that's a head scratch for most people. And, that, and you got to wonder what, what other deals were cut to, to, to get that done in the back smoke room stuff that we try to avoid doing the back smoke room deals, right? And that's what some of us who love accountability and transparency have been fighting for is get everything out of the back smoke room deals, and now that's what we got. So I'm not surprised by it. And look, you know, I, we put out a, a map of Ohio this week with going from 2010 to 2020 population by county, and you could see it's all red except for the greater Columbus area mm-hmm. and parts of Cincinnati. We, we are seeing the, the Ohio hollow out in most of its counties, because, again, failed leadership by Republicans, by conservatives, alleged conservatives, for now going on 20 years. It's terrible, and it's got to stop. 
Yeah, you can find that map at opportunityohio.org. Matt Mayer is our guest. He's linked to it as well on his Twitter, at Ohio Matt. Read his Substack, The Patriot Mind. Search that on your favorite search engine. Um, I'll just say it is highly discouraging that we have a supermajority. We have a Republican governor. We have a Republican everything of every major office. And yet I feel like we're not going to get anything done that the electorate in Ohio really wanted to get done. And it uh, frosts me that the attitude of our politicians who control whether things get read and voted on and all those kinds of things in our House and Senate in Ohio, their attitude seems to be, well, I'm going to be conservative enough to get elected, and then I'm going to not take any more controversial positions, and I'm going to bet you forget about it in the two years before the next election, and besides, I'm the incumbent, probably not going to get primaried, and you're always going to prefer me to a Democrat, so I'm going to continue to get elected. I won't ever stop fighting, but Matt, I'm starting to realize there's no political solution to any of this stuff. Well, there is a political solution, and I think you know it's it's, it's on the horizon. And it, it, so 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 we've got to we've got to get to a point where voters are given bold leadership and bold ideas. And 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 when that happens, I think you'll see people rally in a way that hopefully will drive change in Columbus. Because look, it is absurd that after. Super majorities in the legislature and Republican governors now for a very long time, virtually right. We still have a state income tax. We don't have right to work, right? We 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 don't have any type of pay performance among legislators. We don't have time limits among legislators so that they don't have more and more power to do the stuff that they do, right? We don't have things like protect young girls in sports. We don't have stopping puberty blockers from being going, being given to young kids, to the surgery on on young kids, the things that should be done that are being done in Florida, yep. being done in Texas, yep. but it, it, but we can't get them done here. This state operates as if it's Illinois or New York, and, and I, don't, I, I tell you, Bruce, that's going to have to change, or Ohio is going to be a dead state walking, and, and people will continue to leave, jobs will continue to be meager, and and that just that's just not going to work for for the vast number of people that can leave the state if they have a choice. Yeah, that's leadership. That's Mike Dewine. I said that yesterday. That's the difference, Ron DeSantis to Mike Dewine. Uh, Matt Mayer points it out. Matt Mayer is worth your time. Read his site opportunityohio.org. Follow him on Twitter at ohio matt. Read his Substack, The Patriot Mind. Always great to have you on. Thanks so much for your perspective. I hope you have a great weekend. Hey, thanks for you too. So the good news that I shared with you at the top of the show about DeMar Hamlin gets better. Uh, A person named uh, Colin Rugg, who uh, apparently was banned from Twitter at some point, so he must be okay, uh, (laughs) tweeted 16 minutes ago, just in, Bill's safety DeMar Hamlin is awake and holding hands with his family. Wow. Wow. That is fantastic. Fantastic, 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 fantastic. Okay, so here's what I'm nervous about. Because just as I feared, right after, let me just read the first couple tweets that are posted right after this fantastic news about DeMar Hamlin. It's the power of prayer. Glad to hear it still works. That's the first one. The next one. Thank you, Jesus. Answered prayer. Okay. This is important. This is exceedingly important, okay? 
It is fantastic news that DeMar Hamlin is recovering. I am exceedingly grateful that God chose this young man to demonstrate God's power through him. That's fantastic. I I hope DeMar Hamlin is a man of faith. If he's not a man of faith now, I I would, would, would hope that someone shares with him the gospel and that DeMar Hamlin can use his singular circumstances, because we've never had an NFL player go through this, to be a living, breathing, walking, playing testimony to the fact that God is in control. What I don't love is this connection people are going to make between, oh, this kid collapsed on the field, and America prayed, and the prayers worked because DeMar Hamlin recovered. Because that is a wrong conclusion. DeMar Hamlin's recovery has nothing to do with whether or not prayers work. Because prayer is not the same as you walking into a diner and placing an order for what you want and getting back from the kitchen exactly what you want. That is not prayer. That is treating God as a short order cook, which he is not. God is the ultimate authority in our universe. The outcome of Dermar Hamlin, and we certainly hope this is like, I hope he's sitting up in bed, holding hands, trach tube out, eating lunch. That would be phenomenal. But whether he is or whether he was still on a ventilator and whether or not he died would not mean that, oh, prayer doesn't work, he died, or he's not getting better, or he can't play for the Bills again, so I guess prayer doesn't work. No, 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 no. Prayer is a demonstration of our recognition that God is in control, not just of DeMar Hamlin's health, but of everything in the world. And you say, well, the world stinks, Bruce. We got kids getting transed in school, and we've got teenagers in Columbus being murdered, and we've got politicians lying to us and double-crossing us. Yes, 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 the world does stink because evil flourishes in this world as long and not for one second longer than God allows it to flourish. I don't understand. Why would a good, loving, all-powerful, all-knowing God let evil flourish? I don't know, but I know he knows. And I know he has a purpose in it because his holy scriptures tell me that his ways are higher than my ways and that the wisdom of man is foolishness to God. So when you pray for something and you don't get what you want, it does not mean that God did not hear your prayer. All it means is that he either said no or he either said wait. Maybe because he's trying to grow you. And could it be that he's trying to grow America's dependence on him? Could it be that we might be in for more adversity? Would that be a terrible thing if it turned America's eyes back to God? I don't think it would be a terrible thing. 
Whatever answer you get to what you want in prayer does not change anything about God. Hopefully, it changes everything about you and me. It has changed me, and it continues to change me because I continue to be a person in need of massive change in my attitudes, in my tolerance, and all those other things, in my love for others. Results in prayer, results to prayer, does not change the goodness of God at all. And people saying, well, I don't believe that, also doesn't change the fact that that's true. Okay? As I've said many times before, you can deny the existence of God. You were given the freedom to do that. You were foolish to do that. But you were given the freedom to do that. You can also deny the existence of gravity. But jumping off the Levesque Tower, if you don't believe in gravity, does not spare you the impact of the ground because gravity, like God, exists. The other day I read something in Scripture, and I thought at the time, what's the purpose of me coming across this right now? Well, now I think I know. Psalm 92, verses 5 through 8. How great are your works, O Lord! How profound your thoughts! Senseless people do not know. Fools do not understand that though the wicked spring up like grass and all evildoers flourish, they will be destroyed forever. But you, Lord, are forever exalted. The events of yesterday at the State House, I think, were the result of evil. They were the result of one group of Republicans lying to another group of Republicans. The results on the border, the results in trans clinics all across the country, the continual escalation of sexual immorality in our country is proof that, like that scripture said, the wicked spring up like grass and all evildoers flourish. And we think that winning is getting the speaker we want elected and getting the legislative agenda we want elected. We're worried about winning a game where the outcome is already told to us. We may not like the way the game will unfold because the way the game will unfold, according to Scripture, is with a lot of persecution for those of us who believe in the truth of Scripture. Don't like that game plan. Like winning. Don't like how we get to the win. Well, you can pray about it. My guess is it won't change it. But prayer, if it makes us more reliant on God, more aware of his authority, more aware of his power, is a good thing. I'm thrilled DeMar Hamlin appears to be recovering. But don't misread what it means about what prayer is. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.